the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. It's your call for the best college football coverage. From National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between, CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Barton Simmons. That's Tom Fernelli. I'm Chip Patterson, and we're very happy to be here because it's taken a long time. I, I think, guys, it was uh, about 150 days or something like that between Chris Ash getting fired in September and uh, and finally Colorado introducing Carl Durrell to complete a, a very busy coaching cycle. Not a ton of jobs turned over in terms of number, but uh, a lot to get to here as we're going to run down for the the longtime listeners here. We, we're going to highlight our favorite press conference moments and break those down, but we're also talking the hires. So uh, if it feels good to be here with you. This is February 27th. It's definitely got to be the latest that we've recorded this podcast. I would think I was, I got to say, I, I was very happy to see Carl Durrell get the Colorado job because had it been, oh, I don't know, Troy Calhoun, and we had to wait to make the coaching hire. Again, even longer. <laughs> you know, wait for the Air Force coaching search uh, or, or something like that. That 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 would have made this even more anticlimactic. Yeah, you, you need to wait for Congress to approve the Air Force hire, too. Yeah, well, we're screwed. <laughs> I'm, I'm just grateful to be here because you said it's been like 150 days since the first, you know, Chris Ash was fired until now where we're recording this podcast. Well, it felt like 150 days between when I woke up this morning and when the Comcast guy finally showed to get my cable and internet back online. Because, whew, I tell you. Life. No cable, no internet. That's rough. <laughs> living living outside of the, uh, what, 2010s, I guess? I was about to go, like, chop some wood or something. I don't know. Build a yeah. cabin. Read 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 a book for the book club. That's about, you know. I did read a book chance. pretty much all day, time. yeah. Yeah we've, yeah, we've got all those suggestions. And, of course, uh, go back and check out. We've got another edition of the book club coming up at the beginning of next week. But uh, check out the books that we already have. We've got Range. We've got uh, Looking at Randomness. What's the name of it? Fooled by Randomness. Fooled, it, fooled by Randomness. <laughs> and, uh, and, and Respect Yourself, um, the history of Memphis soul music. So we will go from... We'll go from Memphis, just south, to begin our discussion. Uh, we're going through this, basically, Barton, this is a labor of love. I mean, do you want to introduce this for first-timers that have been here? Because this might be the third time that we've run through some pressers, but we're, just, we're talking about the jobs as well. Well, I, I am... Uh... I'm I'm a pre- I'm a fascination with press conferences. I'm a press conference Int- introductory aficionado. press conferences. Introductory press conferences in particular, and uh, so you know, just as as a way of going through the coaching hires, I like to go through those pressers. And so, 
pull out a few clips for you, but we'll we'll but the way this will work is we'll start from what I considered the best hires to the to the worst. Uh, I graded them, and and we'll see if you guys agree with my grades. And the way I graded them, the approach I took was not the best coach gets the top grade. It was more about fit. It was about the the right coach in the right place at the right time. And it's a perfect place to start because my A plus, only A plus I gave, number one hire is Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, look, he is if if this just if this totally fails, if this is a disaster, if this goes down in flames and is just a a, a dumpster fire for the next three years. Worth it. It would st- it would have still been the right hire. Yeah. Like this is just what Ole Miss wants. They want a guy that is gonna go try to touch the sun, and if his wings get melted on the way up, then you know what? And he falls to the sea. Like Ole Miss is okay with it. Like as long as the- like they they are not content just putzing around in the the middle to bottom half of the SEC West. Like, g- give it to us all, oh, let's and we'll go. take the repercussions. Icarus so I, has it, nothing on Lane Kiffin. Icarus just had that one time. Lane's done it like five times over. <laughs> He's ready to go do it again. Yeah, Ole Miss doesn't care what Lane does, just as long as he does it on a burner phone. Dude, this... Yeah. All right, so what... All right, so would we... When we, like, sign up for it, do you believe sort of what he's selling? Because what he's selling throughout uh, his introduction to the Ole Miss fan base and sort of as he's carried himself so far is I can give you taking down Alabama. And, and in this case, based on what we're where we are right now, I could also probably add LSU or substitute an LSU there. But he's saying, I'm not going to get you 12-0, and 0, but I can get you like 10-4. and 4. Yeah, but and and I mean he's and I think what he's doing too and and there was a there was a clip from his presser where he basically had a 30 40 second pitch to recruits but he's going to do it by trying to recruit at a very national level in a very national way in a very aggressive way he's built out his staff in the same way and so uh I I mean I think all of it is what Ole Miss wants. Like they don't want to just be getting the, the old boy from Gulf Coast. You know, they they want let's get to Florida. You know, go go recruit California. Like Ole Miss will take it. Like that's what they that's what the fan base is looking for. I mean, I I gave it an A too. I I I agreed with you on that. You know, this is the highest ceiling, lowest floor, most volatile hire I think of the off season, and I I. I think that the ceiling is very good if it reaches there. So if you're aiming high, then this is a good hire to go for. And also just from the viewpoint of what coach was available this off season that Ole Miss could have hired that was better than Lane Kiffin. That made more sense for them than Lane Kiffin. So when you look at all that, I didn't give it an A plus. I'm not, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a tough grader, but I did give it an A. Lane uh, on his pitch to recruits. And last thing, you know, message to recruits around the country. You know, if you want to be featured at the highest level in the best conference in the world, compete, compete for championships, 
and be completely prepared for the NFL with a pro mindset, which is what we do every day with these kids, okay? A pro mindset so that you can come here, you can win championships in the best conference, and you can get drafted the highest by coming here. There's no reason to go anywhere else but come right here to Ole Miss. Hey, do you, do you have the week we came here to be great? Oh, yeah. Uh, clip to play that. So we're going to create a culture here that our players, our coaches want to be at versus have to. And so we say that a lot around here. You know, that you're excited when you wake up in the morning, all right, to come to work. You're excited to go to those 6 a.m. workouts, players, because you know you're going to get better. There's going to be a high energy and a great atmosphere that you want to be a part of. You know, we, we didn't come here to be good, all right? That's not why we're here today. We came here to be great. I mean, the, the Ole Miss crowd was, was, was wild. Uh, like, it, dude, was, it was it was it was like they're at a game. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Yeah, because it was in the uh, basketball arena, right? Yeah, yeah, it was phenomenal. So I mean, I think that like the from the presser standpoint, like bravo, like standing O, not to not to Lane Kiffin, his was average. He's an average press conference guy, anyways. But those Ole Miss fans brought it. <laughs> Let's <laughs> Lane did have one good line. Uh, there was a question about. Uh, the burner phone joke, of course, came as he was like getting off the plane. There were fans out at the tarmac, and uh, and he he had some joke, some tarmac jokes. Talk about the reception you received from the fan fan base. Did you ever think you'd be kissing and hugging babies at the tarmac when you got off the plane? Um, a lot better than another tarmac experience that I had. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think of that. It was like <laughs> like an anniversary or something like that. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Lane, at least he's honest hey yeah. lane's hey. lane's got these jokes he's ready to go uh lane kiffin with Ole miss what's the 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 fit everything else a plus i'll i'm not as i'm not as uh enthusiastic with my pluses uh we didn't have pluses at north carolina we might have had fake classes for some kids but we didn't give out the 4.3s so I'll, I'll keep it at an a but an enthusiastic one all right, let's uh, Washington. Washington, Jimmy Lake. Uh, the presser vibe very different because remember this presser was uh, simultaneously the retirement presser for Chris Peterson, so it was much less like celebratory and more. And it was a little like a mixed tone. It was almost like you know if if you're if you're in, like inheriting this big fortune from the death of your father and like you're at your father's funeral, like, you know, no matter how jacked you can be, you kind of got to tone it down a little bit because your father's dead. And so Chris Peterson's bouncing. Jimmy Lake's inheriting the program. So he buttoned it up a little bit, but he, I thought he was really sharp. And, and I think this is, I think this is an A. I think this is a, this is a, a no brainer hire. Uh, I think that Jimmy Lake is going to keep is going to take things to the next level on recruiting. I think he's going to continue to push the envelope, and I think be more willing to maybe turn over his staff and change things on the recruiting trail or on on on, on the field rather. Uh, just made an interesting hire at offensive coordinator and John Donovan from uh, the Jags, I think. Um, but uh, either way, I, I just think Jimmy Lake's a stud. 
Yeah, I, I gave this one an A, too, simply because I, I took at it from, first of all, I've always liked Jimmy Lake's defenses. I love Jimmy Lake's secondaries. But also, it's the situation, like, you know, with Peterson stepping down, they're not being a search. It's like, okay, he's stepping down, and we already have our replacement. And I feel like when you look at that kind of situation, it's hard to give the hire any other grade when you already know who the guy you want to replace him is from the start, and there's no search, there's no anything. It's just bang, boom, transition, no big deal. Let's go. Yeah, you're you can't grade uh, the process if there wasn't a process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the fit is still A, and the ceiling is higher or the same as where Washington has been so far in the college football playoff era? I think it's a little higher. I think Jimmy Lake's going to be a better recruiter, and I think that that is a good thing for Washington, especially now with what we see with Mario Cristobal doing at Oregon. And, you know, we've talked about it on here before. Barnes talked about it now. You know, the way Urban Meyer kind of raised the level for recruiting in the Big Ten, Cristobal's trying to do that same kind of thing for Oregon and the Pac-12, and everybody else is going to have to keep up. And I think maybe Chris Peterson looking around at the landscape around him was like, man, I'm just really not in the mood to do all that right now. So maybe this is Jimmy's turn. Do you know what Jimmy's uh, in the mood to in the mood to do? He's in the mood to uh, look at some X's and O's. What's going to be a little bit different is I am passionate about X's and O's. Ooh. I am passionate. Speak to about me. football strategy. <laughs> yeah, it's what has driven me really um, in the beginnings of my career. Uh, going all the way up to the National Football League and, and then oh, really taking the next step there. And so that's really what I want to do is, is um, you know, bleed that passion over into all three phases, uh, offense, defense, and special teams. And I think that's where we'll be um, a little bit different, um, a little bit more attacking, a little bit more aggressive. Um, and that's Multiple. what I'm excited about. <laughs> Kick a little dirt on the grave of Chris Peterson there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> watch, watch a little more film. You know, getting that film room a little more. Maybe we'd want a few more games. Because isn't Chris Peterson the like very um, – and I don't say this as a, as a negative because I view it this way, but compared to a lot of his peers, but isn't he the idealistic coach who like really is into more than anything molding young men? At this point, like he's into the teaching, very yeah, college okay professor. Guy. Yeah. Like yes, that's, he is professorial. Yeah, yes. he's very professorial. And Jimmy Lake's like, yeah, you want to know why we were ready? Because these X's and O's. Because <laughs> we're passionate. Like, yeah, we're going we're, we're gonna to keep a little of the kumbaya stuff. But like, we're, we're going to get back to playing football, you guys. <laughs> um, okay, I can, I can rock with an A. Uh, all right, where do you want to go next, Barton? Our USF, our first group of five, Jeff Scott's also an A. I, I, this to me, when you just like, just for, I mean, first of all, Jeff Scott's been a great recruiter. He's he is. I, I think now everyone wanted the guys with the, Nick, in the from the Nick Saban coaching tree. Well, you know, now in the modern era of college football, I think the the the, coat, the the tree you want to pick apples off of is the Dabo Sweeney tree, and I mean obviously we haven't we haven't had not a big body of work of that, so let's see if. But um, I think Jeff Scott is 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 he's he's a good recruiter, he's a good coach, he's uh, well liked, and and I felt like this presser also 
displayed a level of like big picture thinking. Like it was, it was all about sort of how you're going to sort of bring the university and not more, not in like this broad way, but in, in, in the, more specific than some of these coaching just general like tossing alignment words over around I, I just felt like the communication in the presser spoke to a really sharp coach I, I just think he's going to kill it at USF Tom what'd you have on the grade I, I gave this an A too I mean it's you mentioned we haven't seen a whole lot of people being, you know, plucked off the Dabo tree. I feel like Chad Morris was really the only one before, and you know that apple wasn't quite ripe yet. And maybe now Jeff Scott and the assistants are ripe and ready. And I think that this for USF, this was a very smart hire because yes, you get the guy who has been part of a very good, one of the best programs in the country, but you also get a guy who is a very strong recruiter, who's a very good high recruiter in Florida who can come into a program that has a very high ceiling and you've hired a guy who may not have a head coaching experience, but based on his resume and based on what he's been able to do, he has a high ceiling himself. So you put those two things together and really that's what you're trying to do when you go for a coaching hire, because you know, there's, there's so much that you can't know. There's so much that's unpredictable. There are no sure things really for the most part when it comes to finding a coach and when it comes to finding the right fit and all that, but you want to try to optimize as much as you can. So when I see the ceiling that Scott has and I see that the ceiling USF has in the American, in Tampa, in that area, I think this was a great hire for them. I love that. Uh, I love that Dabo Sweeney talks about it like it's one of those jobs you want to go to, right? Here, yep. let me pull it's this. better than quite a few Power 5 gigs. When Coach Sweeney called me, uh, you know, I guess it's been a, you know, a little over a week ago, and it was about 11.30 at night, and he called me, and he said, hey, boy, what you doing? I said, well, I'm, I'm at home, Coach, getting ready to you know, get a shower and get some rest. And uh, he said, you're not going to believe who just called me. Said, Michael okay. Kelly. He said, Michael Kelly from the <laughs> University of South Florida just called me and he said, let me tell you, this is one of them jobs you want. And uh, Michael, so, go, go ahead. It, go ahead. Well, I was just saying, it's funny, like they, they, I thought it was interesting in the way he talks. It's as if like Dabo is the godfather and like you just, when Dabo says go, you go. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. and and in a way, it's like compare that to like maybe Nick Saban, where it's like, wait, I got a shot to get out of town here. All right, I'm gonna get the hell out of here. <laughs> like, where's where's give me a job? But Dabo's like, hey, like when Papa Dabo calls, you, just, you wait for the Papa Dabo call before you before you're allowed to leave. It's like you're it, it's like you're calling to ask your like girlfriend's father for his permission right, before you right. it's he, like Dabo gave me the blessing to come here, so I did. Yeah. Michael Kelly is the USF athletic director. Like Michael Kelly calls Dabo and says and by the way, Michael Kelly uh worked for the ACC before he worked for the college football playoff before he is now the athletic director at USF. So I imagine that they do have a previous relationship from his time at the ACC, but uh, that's pretty funny that the Godfather Dabo has to, he has to be called, you know, you have to ask his permission before you make a run. Does, no, does Dabo have that. to do, does Dabo have to do you favors on this, the day of his coordinators? <laughs> <hiring>? <laughs> 
Oh man, that's awesome. Yeah, and, and and not only do you like it's not even that you call Dabo to ask for permission. Dabo just you have to wait for the call for when a job is is eligible for your taking. Like you just got to sit in the dark until Dabo calls you up and says, "Hey, hey buddy, finally got a job for you." Uh, how many who's who's gotten turned down at the door? <laughs> <laughs> I'm this, sorry. Yeah, that's a great question. His phone number. Well, it's yeah. I mean, it's so funny. The fact that Dabo said this is the job you want suggests that there were other jobs that called Dabo to ask for Jeff Scott, and Dabo shut him down. Old Dominion called. Oof. And I said, "Sorry, he's he's not ready." Uh the the hire Tom. You said a Barton. You said a. uh yeah, as I, as I try to play it forward, I think that this is more than anything, uh, like you said, an interesting exhibit for what the Clemson program and the Clemson vision can look like at another school because there is an idea that the one of the reasons that Clemson's been able to do what it's been able to do from a total community and university commitment helps with where it is and like where it's located and the way everything's laid out to sort of feed into the university. Um, and now they get to try it in Tampa. It would be really impressive. I think if it, if it catches on and they're able to, uh, if they're able to make Raymond James stadium jumping for, uh, is it still Raymond James? Yes. Yeah. If they're able to get Raymond James Stadium jumping, then that's that's going to say something. So we'll see. Go Bulls. Uh, all right, Barn. Where do you want to go next? Arkansas. Arkansas. Sam Pittman. Yes, sir. You know, for the guy that's last on the list or, or whatever, fifth on the list, you know, for 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 that job search, I I actually think this is a great hire. Like I, I really like this hire. I gave it an A minus. Now, now I'm a warm you and everyone like my grades are are high generally because look these are these are desired guys most of these this is sort of an optimistic view uh, point of view so there, there's not a lot of there's no failing grades here but i gave arkansas an a minus for men I, I just think look you're not gonna you could get lane kiffin in there or whoever the hell else they were looking for but that to me just not really a fit. I think Sam Pittman is a fit. And Sam Pittman, not only is he a a good offensive line coach, and not only did he put together a great offensive line last, but he's a great recruiter. He's been in all these big-time programs for so long, and and so many of them, that he's got a bunch of relationships. He's got a bunch of drinking boats. He he can hire a good staff, which he's done. I think that Arkansas is in good shape. And and this presser was uh, a presser like this. He's basically just up there taking his sweet time, just sort of in a, having a slow t- conversation with my buddies here. Like it was just, I mean, it was so unbuttoned and like there was really no opening statement. He just sort of dug in and just sort of started talking for about an hour. Um, and I think that's the way he's going to recruit. And I think that that's going to, uh, you're going to have a little success with it in Fayetteville. Tom, what did you think of the hire? We'll get to press conference here in a little bit. Yeah, this is this kind of goes to show the importance of the introductory press conferences and maybe why Barton, you know, is, is so interested in them. Because when this hire first happened, just based on the amount of people that, you know, reportedly turned the gig down, 
then they finally end up with Pittman, who is an offensive line coach. He's never been a coordinator, although you know he's familiar with it. He'd been at Georgia, and he had a great offensive line there. I gave this a C when it first moved, or when it first you know was announced. When I had to do the our coaching carousel, and then the press conference happened, and then I saw how even though this is like if this is choice four, five, six, seven, whatever it was. That even though Arkansas got down so far on its list to get him, the excitement that he already was able to instill in the fan base with his hiring, even though he's not, you know, they had gone from wanting Lane Kiffin to ending up with Sam Pittman while there was a little bit right at the beginning of, oh, what the camps? Oh, here goes another three years of losing. Like me, after that press conference, all of a sudden, you know, the hogs had been called and the hogs were snorting. The hogs were wild. Did you see that video of the Javelina running in Arizona the other day? Yeah. That. That was what the Arkansas fan base suddenly became, and that's how I felt. So I'm giving it an A now. I think, I mean, I think it's been somewhat well established on this podcast since all this happened that while we are a Georgia podcast, we also have a soft spot for the Hogs this year. Yeah, first first experience with Sam Pittman is going to be a treasure. I want to tell you something. You guys were really good to me when I was here last time. You let me take my shoes off when I wanted to. <laughs> Sometimes I'd take my socks off too, but y'all didn't seem to mind. You was good to me. I understand you're going to report like you need to report. I understand that too. But I'm going to go to work. Like, is that a metaphor? Or no, I think he would literally he's... take his shoes and socks off while talking to the media. <laughs> I love it, man. He was he was so uh, subdued in that press conference when compared to his Instagram yes sirs. Yeah, like the yeah. energy there is a hundred, and it felt like the energy in the press conference was like a thirty nine, but it was a very relaxed thirty nine. It was a very <laughs> comfortable thirty nine. Yeah, it was. Next. Um, the other thing I liked about his presser, though, is when he talked about his offensive philosophy, he, like, you think about, okay, Sam Pittman, when he's done, he's just going to recruit the biggest offensive and just get downhill and people and get north-south in the run game. And he acts like, in the way he talks, that that's not at all his approach, that he's going to be, you know, that he's going to try to get, you know, have – a modern approach, um, and I loved it. Like the way the way he talked about it, it was as if he was talking to a bunch of to a room full of coaches, just getting total X's and O's coach talk, like just just getting on the chalkboard with a bunch of reporters that had no idea what he was talking about. But it was it was uh, uh, just kind of speaks. Just yep, he's just a just a just a ball coach. He hit him with the the five. And eye. so right now, the new thing is, which I like, is what we call the heavy front, where it's a shade four eye, <laughs> three and a five. And all we really ever got <laughs> last year is some type of one coverage, so they could put another guy in the box. I like that, but you're gonna have to have corners and safeties. And if you can do that, man, you can make it hard on the team because now your extra runner as a quarterback is has a defender responsible for him. So I, I want to be aggressive. Multiple. Uh, I, I do want to move. But the two-gap systems of things are almost a thing. Of, not compo- totally, but kind of a thing of past now a little bit. I mean, that sounds like a coaching clinic. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, like, just tell us, are you 3-4-4-3? Four, four, 
That's the only. That's all we know. You know. <laughs> so that we can on what we're looking at. You know, what situation is going to be. Yeah, the uh, that's they they just asked for a storyline like they needed to do the five things to know before Arkansas spring practice, <laughs> and they were just trying to get an answer to fill that in. And he comes out, I was like, "Wow, well, I like uh, four four eye shade five <laughs> three technique." Like just breaking down. Like, oh man, it's like, can coach? Can you do you mind just giving that a name for me so I can put <laughs> it in my story? We're gonna play defense. The the Arkansas Sam Pittman experience I don't have high expectations for immediately, but I no. think that he'll have. I think Improved that from last year. I I think that expectations are probably low enough that we're not going to be screaming about what's wrong with Arkansas in year one. I think I'm making the prediction now here in late February. Arkansas is going to get somebody. I don't know if they're going to go bowling or they're going to have a really good year, but they're going to get somebody. I agree with that. I mean, it's probably going to be Missouri. No, that's not somebody. I mean, they're going to get somebody. <laughs> that's not somebody. That's just Missouri. <laughs> Look at that SEC East hate on your favorite Georgia podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, where do you want to go next? Fuckers. Uh, uh, where Greg Schiano just had me ready to run through a freaking brick wall in his presser. Man, that dude's just like he's a he's a pro press comp guy. I mean, he is you know just clean clean cut, looking sharp. You know, very you know good body language, good projection, great message. Just I mean, just checked all the boxes. But he, I mean. They're not going to do any better than Greg Schiano at Rutgers. If anyone's going to win at Rutgers, it's going to be Greg Schiano. And if Greg Schiano can't win at Rutgers, I'm not sure anyone can win at Rutgers. And I, you know, this is just uh, this. I, I think Rutgers has got a chance now. Whether anyone can win at Rutgers, I don't know. But I, I think Schiano's got a chance. Mm. You know, he he was. I mean, as soon as that job came open, I wrote a column that like. He should be choice 1A, 1B, 1C, 1D. You should just do whatever you have to do to get Greg Schiano because he's the only one that has shown a propensity or an ability to get Rutgers where Rutgers would like to be. And, you know, he's available. It's like it was, it made all the sense in the world. And it's, if they would have hired anybody but Schiano, it probably would have been a failed hire. And he's already hired a bunch of guys with jersey tie as his assistants. And I think they're going to really recruit at a high level. Well, I don't know how. I mean, they're, yeah, I mean they're that's gonna tough. Yeah, like I'm he not, did a good I'm, job. Just like from the time he got hired until signing day, he did a pretty decent job in a yeah. short amount of time. And they're going to beat some people on some guys. They're not going to be top ten class, but they're going to beat some people on some really good players. One of the I'm not one of Ohio State, Michigan, or Penn State. Will they lose to Rutgers this Ever? year? No, this year, twenty twenty. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going there. No, he's got he's, mean, he's got, got work to do. Yeah, he's got a long way to go. Okay, because Rutgers going to beat some people. I mean, yeah, they can get scrappy. Well, I mean, I'll tell you what. He, uh, let's see, Shiana. He wants you to be bought in at the freaking water cooler. Going to take every single person, every one of you, everyone. 
So yeah, if you got a lot of money, we need your money. Make no mistake <laughs> about it. But if you don't have a lot of money, we need you at that scarlet walk when those kids who battle their rear ends off, we need you there. We need that packed. We need you in that stadium. We need that stadium packed because those kids lay it on the line. And we don't need it with all due respect, we don't need it when we're seventh in the country, fifth in the country, first in the country. We need it right now. Not the beginning of the crap. season. We need it right now. When you're around the water cooler, you're around the coffee machine at work, we need you promoting Rutgers football. Those block <laughs> our magnets, they got to be on your car. We have to create the importance, every single one of us. That has to happen. Again. We're chasing some big dudes. No, no, no. We're passing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just... <laughs> it's going to take every, and it's going to take every single one of us to do it. But the real beauty of this thing, people in New Jersey know how to work. They're not afraid to work. Not afraid yeah. to get after it. Blue collar. But we collectively showed what can happen. That's got to be our leaping off point. Oh, man. Can't pump your own gas, though. <laughs> that much work. Um, yeah, I would. I, I forgot how easy the Greg Schiano hire felt at the time. I remember being anxious because it took a while compared to it being the first job that was open, and then just sort of sitting around because we thought that based on Schiano's employment at the time, he would be able to just walk right into it. But once it finally happened, I mean, it was like. Uh, finally getting to go to the bathroom at the rest stop on the car trip. Like I was just like, ah, finally. Okay. Red, Greg, Greg Shiano is back at Rutgers. All is, I'm good now. Right. So where do you want to go next, Barton? Uh, yeah. So the last two a minuses, Ryan Silverfield, Memphis, a minus Ricky Ronnie, old dominion, a minus Silverfield. So I, I, I just think if, if you're Memphis, that guy's been a great recruiter for them. He's been he's he's built out that offensive line at a really high level. They've got such a good thing going. I'm I believe in the continuity deal here. I think that's a smart move keeping him. And I think he's I think he's I think he's a star. A uh, little bit of kind of kind of bad look for offensive line coaches everywhere. Sam Pittman apparently cried when he got the job, and Ryan Silverfield was crying all over the place in his presser. <laughs> So I mean, the tough guy O line coach image is a little bit, a uh, little bit in doubt. But uh, wasn't he the haters? But it's it's funny. I truly only tear up the times I get oh, to no, look at my wife was, in the uh, eyes. Oh, uh, no, halfway. Yeah, she stood by my side the last ten years through ups and downs, wins and losses. Proud of her and everything she's done. Thank you. It was weepy. Oh, <laughs> it was very weepy he was very appreciative of a lot of people a lot of things which is you know like it was you know you're happy for the guy and and he's and i, I do think he's going to do a good job there so um do you have the memphis hope we'll love you back oh Ryan? yeah heck yeah i truly didn't waver at him because this is the one i always wanted this is the job i always wanted and i've loved this you know i mentioned this on sunday right if you love Memphis, it freaking loves you back. And the support of this city, <laughs> second to none. And so I'm grateful. We are grateful to be here in Memphis. You love Memphis. It loves you back. One person claps. The support <laughs> of this city, I tell you. <laughs> hey, they got to get bigger, 
bigger room for him. Freak- he's he's going to start filling it up. It freaking loves you back. Um, yeah. So no, I, I thought I thought I thought Silverfield was was a good hire, and then I thought Ricky Ronnie, just because I know how hard he works at at everything in terms of like the way he recruits, um, the the organization, the the like the the way he presented things at his presser. Like again, Ricky Ronnie, like uh, this is maybe not an A A minus hire for everywhere, but at Old Dominion, I, I think that's a really quality coach that's that's going to do a really good job there. Old Dominion is a program that will field a roster that when uniquely motivated against Virginia or Virginia Tech might beat them. Yeah. Like yeah, right. a bunch of, it's uh, just a lot of in-state Virginia dudes that are pretty good and you get them, you get them all focused on taking down uh, UVA or VT they're going to mess around and they're going to flirt with it. That's a pretty good job. I think there's a big opportunity for Ricky Ronnie. I wasn't, I didn't have the relationship uh, beforehand, but it's the ODU job. We'll see what happens. That'll be good luck. Yeah. Yeah. What do you have, Tom? Uh, for the Memphis hire, I gave, I gave Silverfield hire a B. I, I like the continuity. I like all the reasons behind it. I know the players liked it, but you know, I just, there's just no juice. I don't know. Like that, that press conference, I wasn't like super pumped up after listening to it. I wasn't really into it. It didn't make me want to go, you know, like play for Memphis or anything. And then as far as the old dominion, I actually gave that one a C plus. So what would have been a, what, give me an example of a, of a better hire for old dominion. It's not really, I didn't approach it from the old dominion sense because in that one, yeah, I think that Ronnie's, you know, that kind of hire getting a power five coordinator, that's a, you know, realistic way to go. It's just, I was never all that impressed by Ronnie's offenses at Penn state. Like no. I, I loved Joe Moorhead's offenses and then Ronnie took over and I was just, I was like, I know they lost some talent, but I felt like the offense as a general just seemed more disjointed. So I'm not a huge, I mean, I'm not saying he can't go there and win. We'll see. It's his first real head coaching opportunity and he might, you know, kill it he might have a great time it's just based on what no what i know and what information i have it was just really hard for me to get pumped up about it no, no see I, I understand that that's fair um I, I think with the reason i like this hire is not about to me what offense he brings to old dominion i think i i think he is the type of person because i think he's smart and uh, is a really good recruiter and I think he relates really well to his players. I think they really like him. I think when we talk about these sort of Jeff Scott-ish modern-day coaches, I think Ricky Ronnie's really quick to be that, to be a better head coach than he was a coordinator. We'll be getting into Nick Rolovich's presentation and more of the grades and press conference clips right after this. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. 
Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right. I, uh... I, I think that because of the timing of the Nick Rolovich hire, wasn't it like right before the national championship or maybe national championship week? Yeah, it was at, I remember I was like when it had, I can't remember exactly. It might've been during the title game, but or it was at some point where it was like, there was something happening and it was like, Oh really? Yeah. Now I didn't, I did not get a chance. This is another one where I'm really glad that we, we do this activity because I got a chance to like kind of re-engage with, the idea of Nick Rolovich at Washington state and truth, truthfully it just like I, I hadn't really gotten around to my pac 12 spring football prospectus yet. So, uh, we'll see yeah, T, TBD on when that'll be rolling out here on the podcast side, but to at least go back to this press conference and go back to thinking about what Rolovich is going to bring. I mean, Barton, he's, uh, there's like no, there's no drop off right now in personality coming from Pullman. No, entertainment value is high, is absolutely there. <laughs> but I, the the I think it was the university president that talked about what they were looking for in a head coach, and he rattled off like four characteristics. One of them being, I wanted a coach with a sense of humor, and it's like, you know, take take that list of attributes down to the SEC and like see <laughs> see where that gets you. Like, I thought it was amazing that I mean. And this whole press conference was—it was bizarre because the way like people were so programmed to Mike Leach, and I think probably they also knew that Rolovich had a personality too, and so like all the questions are just these like tee up, hey, like all right, r- run with it. It's like uh, you know, w- what what is uh, like an improv troupe or something? Like here, here I'm gonna throw a word at you. Suggestions. You make, like make some jokes with it or something. You know, it's like. Uh, so it was just so funny to watch the press times go down like that. And Rolovich delivered. I gave this great uh, – this higher B plus, but honestly, I, I could go higher. I mean, I think that – I think this is a guy that could upgrade Mike Leach because I think he's still a really – I mean, he's still a really good offensive coach. They, I mean, it's kind of remarkable what he's done at Hawaii, and I think he'll actually work a little bit harder in recruiting. So I do think it's a great fit. It's a great – you know, it, 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 he's a great replacement for Mike Leach, um, and there were some outstanding moments in the uh, in the presser. All right, let's go to the pirate booty first. I believe this. The pirate left his treasure in Pullman, and the X marks the spot here at Martin Stadium. I'm excited to be here. You guys, get ready. Let's have a great day. We'll take any questions. All of us, I appreciate it very much. Thank you. He's intense. All right. And then uh, I always love the second vote. I I always love that I'm going to say this and then like six seconds of silence. It's like, well, then say it. 
Well, he, I, I should, I, maybe I should give commentary on that one for the podcast listener and well, they're all podcast listeners, but, uh, he looks very intent, like intensely at the eyeballs of every reporter in the room after he says that here, let me, let me run it back. I'll narrate. I believe this looking at you, looking at you, looking at you, looking at you, looking at you. The pirate left his treasure in Pullman. <laughs> like he's uh he's it's, he's got a lot of stage presence. Like he was asked about uh the Apple Cup where of course Washington State is currently uh, on the very wrong end of that rivalry. Two words, uh Apple Cup. <laughs> Three numbers. 317. That's the amount of days till we get to play it. <laughs> I got to say, that's a phenomenal answer. <laughs> two words, three numbers. <laughs> two words, one mic, hot breath, <laughs> apple cup. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. That was, that was, that what, that did sound like a, an improv show. Here we go. Yeah. Two words, apple cup. <laughs> Oh man! The whole thing was like that. Uh, Tom, what was your Rolovich grade? I, I gave it a B plus. I thought that you know, in a lot of ways, you pretty much just hired a different version of Mike Leach. But I couldn't give it an A simply because, as good as Rolovich a job is done, he did at Hawaii. You know, they went ten and five this year. They they tied for first in their division. They played for the conference title game. It's just he's still in four seasons at Hawaii, 28 and 27. And in the mountain West, he was only 15 and 17. So there is some question about whether, you know, this is something he can maintain, or if he just had a veteran team that came together to put together a 10 win season. and think this was one of those things went right years. But I think that a lot of what you were looking for, as far as his philosophy on offense, as far as his personality, that Washington state did a very good job here. Mm. Uh, any any other final thoughts? Where do you want to go next, Barton? Uh, next up, Florida State. Mike Norvell gave it a B plus. I, I think this is a really good hire. I think this was the right hire. I think you know you can probably. I, th I think there, I mean the knock of he hasn't built a program that wasn't already in a good shape and that he hasn't done this at the power five level like it's fairly i mean you're, you're florida state and so i i do understand that if you're florida state you feel like you should be able to go and poach power five coaches like you should have a shot at a james franklin um so in that sense like i didn't give it an a or an a plus or anything like that but i do think this is a good hire and i do think that he hit on all the all i think he, like he was he was well versed well read like you know, prepared for this presser and prepared for this job in terms of the, the things that you've got to do to get it fixed at Florida State. He talked about discipline. He talked about bringing the tradition back. He talked about special teams. Like, the, those are the type of things, I think, that, that Florida State has been missing is just sort of, you know, tightening the screws. And I do think that Mike Norvell absolutely can do that. Do you think that his discipline was throwing shade at the uh, previous coaching staff? I just think, I mean, it was clear, but also like a, a big knock from Florida State fans was that Memphis was a highly penalized team. As well. 
So, so he's bragging maybe, about yeah, the kickoff maybe, returns. Yeah, maybe it's just 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 being defensive of his own of his own uh, track record. Before we get to the highlights, Tom, what do you have uh, for your your grade for this hire? I loved this hire for Florida State. I mean, I know that some Florida State fans originally were had their hopes, you know, for Bob Stoops. I thought Mark Stoops made the most sense for them as far as if my top candidate, but that didn't happen. And I think that after that, Mike Norvell was a very solid plan B, if he even was a plan B. He might have been their plan A after Stoops, which was, you know, the unrealistic shoot for the moon target. But there is the, you know, possible concern about Norvell at Memphis of the fact that he didn't build the program, but I think that there's more to be said sometimes for being able to maintain a program. And when you look at everything that he was able to do at Memphis with not just roster turnover, but with a lot of coaching staff turnover as guys came and plucked guys off of his staff to take them to other jobs, to be able to keep things going in the right direction in the best group of five conference in the country and maintain their status as one of the premier programs in that conference, I think bodes well for what he's going to be able to do at Tallahassee, where he's going to have a lot more at his disposal than he did with Memphis. I wonder if, um, and the answer might be simple, but I wonder if all those coaching cycles where we were sitting around and we were wondering like, why isn't Mike Norvell getting a job? Why isn't Mike Norvell getting one of these jobs? It was probably two coaching cycles maybe before he finally ended up getting the Florida State job. And I wonder if just the an unintended result of this is going to be that time, that time spent at Memphis, those extra years spent at Memphis are going to make him better prepared to build something sustainable. Where wherever if he had gone quickly or as quickly as his name was mentioned as a, you know, potential rising star in the industry, that he would not be as ready as he is right now. And so it's like uh, Mike Norvell taking this Florida State job sure seems like the time was right, not only for Florida State, but for Mike Norvell to go get it. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, Let's let's rock. Yeah, you mentioned he did his homework. He wanted to talk about the tradition. And I've got a saying that I like to use because how you do anything in this world is going to be how you do everything. So we're going to approach everything with a championship mindset, a championship approach, a championship with championship values of doing things the right way. Because this program is going back to the top. We're going to take it one day at a time, step by step, but because of the foundations that has been laid, it gives us a great opportunity. So I thank all of the former players. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, this goes right. Remember when uh, Jimbo was introduced at Texas A&M and in addition to I am a boot guy, he had the together. Everyone achieves more. T E A M team. I mean, I mean, just right. from from the former Florida State coach to the new Florida State coach with this real coaching gym. And I've got a saying that I like to use because how you do anything in this world is going to be how you do everything. I mean, I don't disagree with the sentiment, but that's, a few of those this coaching cycle. That's <laughs> that's uh, that's right up there. Our Seminole football team is going to play, play smart. I believe that is one of the most important things that you must do as a football team and a football program. Also We're going to have a football team yeah. that's focused on discipline, on structure, on making sure that, that we are, can be innovative in our approach schematically, but also we have a football team that understands the, the importance of the knowledge that they have. Because most people talk about playing fast, 
and we're going to do that. But if you don't play smart, man, you can play fast going in the wrong direction and you're going backwards. Dude, that guy mm-hmm. is trying to get votes on Super Tuesday. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like he knew this was an important presser. A lot of eyes on him. He, you know, he he did that one in the mirror in the morning before. Like he he was ready for this thing. You must move forwards, not backwards. Upwards, <laughs> not forwards, and twirling, twirling towards freedom. Uh, all right. Where do you want to go next, Martin? All right. My next one on my list is. Baylor. I, I don't think Dave Aranda is a great hire for every school. I think he I think it has to be the right fit for Dave Aranda to be a strong head coaching hire. I think Baylor is the right fit for this to be a strong head coaching hire because he doesn't have to recruit the five stars. He can recruit just the same strategy that Matt Rules had. He doesn't have to be this rah-rah guy. He can kind of work in the shadows over there at Baylor. That's kind of where he's comfortable. And, and so, and I think you kind of get that in this presser too, but that's, and and like, this is honestly, I mean, good to know he's got a little personality because he's been, he has been sort of totally, uh, you know, just, just shying away from the spotlight as much as possible. Um, so got, got a little bit of his personality and, uh, and I think this is, I think this really works. I think this fits, I think he can keep it going in the same, in a similar way that Matt Rule well, built it. Yeah, and like Matt Rule ain't exactly your uh random generated creative player, right? Like Matt Rule's right. a unique personality too. Like he's right. he's very much laid the framework and the expectation for uh for for just some against the grain personality and against the grain thinking. Oh, absolutely. Uh what do you have for the hire, Tom? I I gave it a B. I think that, you know, Randa has been waiting for this gig for a while. He was connected to the UNLV job originally, the, you know, during the offseason, but then he ends up getting a power five job. So I, I think that you got to be happy about that. And I think that he's in a good position where a lot of the work Matt Rule kind of, you know, put in. And as far as, you know, building the program out of getting starting that rebuild. So he's taking over at a good time. So I think that this the timing is right for him. And I think this is a good job for him. Uh, here is uh, Dave Aranda was showing some of that personality. He was asked about his relationship with other Big 12 coaches, including uh, he was roommates with Tom Herman. Were they both GAs somewhere together? I think I think Tom Herman, I can't remember. Tom Herman may have hosted him on an official visit or something. Yes, yes, know. yes. That's it. Here we go. Stephen Hawkins with the AP. Coach, you've got a direct connection to three other Big 12 coaches at different stages, having been a roommate with Tom Herman, having worked uh, for Les Miles, and I think you and Matt Wells were at Utah State at the same time. Talk about your relationship with them, and have you reached out to any of them and talked to them about where you're at and what you're doing? And just and the second part question I've got, it's just you mentioned Coach O and your head coaches. You've been around. Talk about what you take out of those coaches. Okay. Um, I remember Tom... On my recruiting trip, I was telling this this story of uh, Tom was my uh, my host, and I remember just like in our conversation, I just never really had the chance to say too much. You know, it was just <laughs> Tom and I have got a great relationship. I I really like Tom, and I want him to have success outside of when we play him and. Um, 
Hating on Tom Herman will take you far in the Big 12. Yeah. <laughs> That's the lesson. Yeah, keep on. Anytime things get dark for you, just just go back to some Tom Herman slams. Cracking on Tom Herman. The uh, th- He's probably not wrong, though. And, like, after he says that, he's got the best, like, Cheshire Cat grin on his face. Right. Uh, he's like, yeah, I didn't get a chance to say much. Pause. I mean, <laughs> he's like an alternative comedian up there. <laughs> awesome uh let's see we got do you want to get him on coach o too yeah you can yeah Yeah. i thought that was interesting you know when we talk about all these coaches and i know for a time i would i would i would reflect just on on um you know how i'm built and go you know is is a head coach something that you want to do and and i would i would see these uh these other coaches that are just, you know, they're built differently than I am. And whether it's Mike Leach or Gary Anderson or Paul Chris or um, Les Miles or Coach Ogeron, you know, when you can be yourself and feel confident in who you are and love on your players and build connections, um, those connections will get through and be strong. And so you saw that with, with Coach O and the way that he empowered our staff and empowered um, that community there in Baton Rouge. Some of those bus rides for that, that championship game were crazy. And I give Coach O a lot of the credit for that. It was all him. You know, it sounds like he was about to cry there, but I feel like I should, uh, I feel like it just, he's hoarse. It sounds right. like he came right off of a float from a victory parade from the national championship. Right. He was so hoarse through that entire press conference, but uh, but he powered through. I thought that was a really interesting comment, though, because a it sort of um, acknowledges what I was talking about initially. Is like, look, he, he's not your your he's not Todd Graham or Chad Morris or like you're straight out of like the 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 coaching section of the department store. Like he, he's, he's a very like different guy. And it was sort of self-reflective saying like how he sort of didn't see himself as a head coach in some ways. And then Ed Ogeron sort of let him be himself and, and pulled it out of him. And I think that that was some really honest um, praise of coach O, which you hear from some, I mean, just ev- like everyone around that program sure does give coach O a lot of credit. Um, not that I doubt he deserves it, but, uh, you know, that, that's kind of cool to hear. Anything else on Aranda? Nope. All right. Where do you want to go? My next, my next coach, Jeff Halfley, Boston college, gave him a B plus. You can see why the guy's a good recruiter. I think he's going to be a good recruiter there. He's a, he was obviously a great coach, um, had great, uh, reviews from his time at the 49ers from just really everyone that's been with him, And, you know, was, I feel like the press conference, like he's a great fit. I think the AD and him are are are, are well aligned. This is an Ohio State guy. That's the AD. Um, I just think it, it works. Um, and uh, and it was a lot of a lot, lot of sort of positive energy at that presser. Is there is there like a chicken and egg situation about Boston College loves the NFL and the NFL loves Boston College? Uh I feel like NFL general managers and NFL coaches can always trust a good Boston College product. <laughs> and then Boston College just stays uh, 
being able to have a situation where they're putting players in the NFL on a, on far more regular basis than you think about them as a contender to win conference titles. Well, I just think it's, I mean, it, you know, there's, that's the thing. Like there are players up there. There's just not a lot. So maybe that's what, it, maybe that's what it speaks to is like, you know, what's hard at Boston college is to just get the depth, but mm. <laughs> there are some good players in new England. Um, you know, and, and, and in New Jersey and but you just it's just hard to get the depth there. So may maybe that's maybe that's the uh the, the trend that you're seeing. Because Jeff Halfley came in with the it was really the pro credentials, right? Like isn't that where he got his big check mark? Yeah, though he was you know, he, he, he spent a lot of time in the college ranks before he bounced up to pro as well. So he sort of he, he's he's well regarded on both ends. I think he's one of those guys that every coach he works with is sort of sort of likes him and thinks highly of him. So he's got he's, he's got kind of that Ryan Day, like everyone in the world seems to think this guy's a, a stud. Ryan Day, who was also an assistant at Boston College. Right. Right. Uh, okay, Tom, what'd you have for the grade for this hire? Uh, I had a B for it. I thought that, you know, Barton mentioned it, the ties with Ohio State. I felt like this was going to be a job that went to somebody from Ohio State with some sort of connection at some point. And Halfley spent last season as Ohio State's defensive coordinator. I didn't give it an A, though, because if you look through Halfley's resume, he hasn't, he's kind of job hopped, which you see a lot from a lot of, you know, specifically young coaches, because it's important to remember he's only 40. But he hasn't spent more than three years in any one job. So, and, you know, th- this he's only spent one year as a coordinator, which was last year at Ohio State. And, you know, Ohio State's got plenty of talent. So there is still some question of how he's going to be able to do at Boston College. Uh, Jeff Halfley, not real big, has a little bit of a tiny guy complex, and he keeps a list of haters in his wallet. I mean, just look at me. I'm not the biggest guy. I don't look like I played big-time football, and that's the truth. I've had to work really hard. I've had a chip on my shoulder. I've had to kick down doors. It's been hard, but it's been real, and it's been worth it. Um, and I've had the support. I, I told Martin this. I have a list in my wallet of all the things that doubters have said to me my whole life. Oh, and he got a little choked up. Yeah, that was, those were tears. Those are tears. I thought he was writing down what I just said. No, I mean, dude, he, he, it sounded like he was about to introduce his, uh, DVD set for twenty nine ninety nine of motivational speeches. I mean, look at me, you can do it too. Come on. Not real. All that big Jeff Halfley though, at Boston college in terms of a, uh, fit perspective, everyone's excited about him. And are we, uh, are we going to jump on board? Uh, Jason Baum, who's the associate athletic director at Boston College in charge of communications, has been very friendly with me in in our time. Um, in any requests, you know, in any back and forth that we've had, it, it's always been very pleasant. I would give it high grades, thumbs up, five stars, whatever. Uh, but media media types are real excited. We're doing an open locker room. After every game, oh, yeah. <laughs> I did see that we're yeah. doing like a lot of assistant coach availability for all this. So is Chris Halfley also now pushing the like super new age writer approved program? Hey, he's, he's the modern coach, man. He won the tweet conference. Yeah, he won the tweet. Co- I mean, and, and again, Boston College has always been good to me, so I'm not I'm, I'm not bashing it. I think it's great. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. I hope to get up there. And, uh, and and go check out the open locker room. Just 
just put a mic in front of a guy with a towel. <laughs> I finally get to be the, be like the pros. Uh, Chip would go in just wearing a towel, though, just yeah. to make everybody feel comfortable. Just to fit in, you know. I just my people ask me what my uh, style is, and my style is dress code. <laughs> what's yeah. what, what's the dress code that's i'll meet it uh where do you want to go next um new mexico probably not a lot of interest in the old new mexico hire they hired danny gonzalez who was the defensive coordinator at san diego state interestingly enough danny gonzalez had been the defensive coordinator at new mexico under the then head coach rocky long Rocky Long was the head coach of San Diego State. Rocky Long got tired of being a head coach. He doesn't like being a head coach. He just wants to coach ball again. So Danny so, so Rocky Long retired or resigned from his head coaching position at San Diego State. Danny Gonzalez got the head job in New Mexico. He's taking Rocky Long with him to be his DC. That's a pretty good combo uh, for New Mexico. So, you know, like I don't, I don't have a whole lot of opinion on this one. Other than Danny Gonzalez has done a pretty good job running that three three five or whatever they're running over there in San Diego State, I gave it a B plus, decent presser, and uh, that's about all I got. Tom, what'd you have for the hire? I gave it a B for a lot of the same reasons Barton just went over. You know, he's familiar with the job, bringing in a very experienced defensive coordinator, clearly. And, you know, it's the, the question, as always, when you hire a defensive coordinator as your head coach these days is what are they going to do with the offense? Because there are the defensive coordinators who don't care about the offense and just think we're going to win games nine to six, <clears throat> San Diego State. And then there are, you know, the defensive coordinator types who realize that they need to do something with the ball to score points and make life easier from everywhere else if they want to win big. So that's going to be the deciding factor here. Coach Long taught me what it honestly meant to be a Lobo. Uh, when I talked to him um, yesterday after uh, I had received the news that I was going to be our next football coach, he was very uh, excited. The, the words in his voice, um, he said, it's your time. Don't screw it up. It's our team. <laughs> I promised him. I made him a promise. And I will, uh, I will, I will take that one to my grave. You're gonna have to run me out of here because uh, that's funny. Eh, don't say you're gonna have to run, run you out of here, buddy. If you, if you win a couple games, they will. Um, but uh, you know, you you may want to get out of there if you win a couple games in New Mexico. I wouldn't, I wouldn't make that your your, your destination. Spot. Dream job. Dream job. Uh, all right, Barton. We're next. Uh, the we got a couple boring pressers here to end the B pluses. Kalen DeBoer, I think, is a great hire. I really like the hire. He 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 was fantastic as Indiana's offensive coordinator and and as Fresno State's offensive coordinator before that. Um, but you know, uh, exciting isn't always what you want in a presser, and he 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 was just boring. Got through it. So boring presser, but great hire. I think he's going to do a really good job at uh, at at Fresno State. And then finally, Willie Taggart. I'm, I'm giving him an optimistic B plus, though. I, I'm sort of, I don't know. Like, I feel like I started giving him like a B minus or something a little lower, but then I felt like I was dinging him too much. I, I just, for some you reason. You just don't want to be mean to Willie Taggart. Willie I'm Taggart just got fired after in the, what, middle of October? And that's yeah. not, that's not fun when you get fired in the middle of October, especially after blowing three fourth quarter leads to Boise State 
uh, Virginia, and then finally Wake Forest, the result that ended up uh, pulling the plug on the season. Uh, yeah, it won, won a fun experience for Willie Taggart. So I understand you wanting to grade him on a curve, but I mean... And you know what's funny is like, we we just we were just sort of laughing about Mike Norvell's just like stump speech at Florida State, just all gassed up and and, and excited. Like Willie Taggart is like he got the job that morning and just hadn't prepared and just sort of rolled out of bed to this thing. Like just no energy, like very very boring. Like just I I just I don't know. Like I I just I kind of wonder. And this is this is just the impression Willie Taggart always gives off. You know, coach's film room for the national championship game or whatever. He was a sort of unimpressive in that setting. He's oh, you're talking about talks. you're talking about the plays. I don't call plays. Kendall calls plays. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So it, it, I, I was. I don't know. I'm not. I gave it a B plus, but I feel like I'm just giving him the benefit of the doubt for that B plus. Tom, what'd you have? I gave it to Bourne A because I thought that was just the most logical, perfect hire with his experience there and his ability, what he did at Indiana and what he Get did it. at Fresno before that. Get it, Fresno. And, That's an A. Yeah. And Taggart, I gave a B plus too because, you know, Taggart, th- the shine has certainly come off of Willie Taggart's star. But if you're FAU and you've lost Kiffin, you've won two conference titles in the last three years, Taggart makes a ton of sense considering the success he had at USF and his ability to recruit within the state and what you're going to need him to do to keep FAU towards the top of Conference USA and to keep it relevant as a program. So, I, you know, I and I also think there's a chance that Taggart will stay there longer than Kiffin because maybe because some of that shines come off. If he keeps winning at FAU, maybe, you know, bigger schools aren't going to be knocking down the door to take him away. Right. That, that's where I, that's ultimately why I landed at B plus is because this is FAU. And we shouldn't like how higher should my expectations even be? Uh, where are we going next? Uh, so let's get to the let's get to the bees. I, I, I'm starting to think I'm going to really regret sort of downplaying the Mike Leach hire. Oh, going back and forth. <laughs> I'm starting to fl- sort of flip flop a little bit. I'm on a B with Mike Leach. I still think you got to be able to recruit in the sec. And if he's, and, and if he doesn't show that he's willing and able to recruit, I, I've got my doubts. Um, that said, um, Hey, I'm excited for Mississippi state because they're excited for him. And man, they were all fired up to settle in for a good comedy show at the laugh shack for, uh, for his presser, just laughing at stuff that he wasn't, he wasn't even making jokes and they're laughing. It's just, He's like a coach on the side, comedian first. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, if, if you're a comedian, sometimes, you know, when, when you're going on the road to do, like, shows, there are some rooms where no matter what you do, you're not going to get a joke, but then there are some rooms that are so primed with, like, as far as the people that are there that are just ready and waiting to laugh their ass off that no matter what you do, you're going to get those laughs. And I felt that's kind of the atmosphere he walked into in Starkville. What about the the hire like what what about the program he walks into i mean i it's a you can't be mad at mississippi state for luring mike leach away from washington state i gave it a b we've we, we've gone over this i have some legit concerns about mike leach now in a spotlight job 
in the SEC, a spotlight conference in the toughest division of that conference where he's going to have to care about things he's never really shown a propensity for caring about. So if he can do that and if he can devote himself to recruiting, if he can devote himself to thinking that, you know, the mm. the Egg Bowl is important, unlike the Apple Cup, or at least not having those kind of excuses, then yes, this could work. But I think that this is the kind of thing that could fade. Those laughs could fade quickly. Here we go uh, in the in the comedy store with uh, with Mike Leach. Uh, uh, the, the, the old visitors' locker room at, at Mississippi State was literally a work of art, and uh, and now it's an office. So. Uh, um, uh, and as far as I'm concerned, that's sacred ground because, you know, you always go to the visitor's locker room and and obviously if you're the home team, you want to, to have the the most advantageous visitor's locker room you possibly can. And, and, and um, you know, nowadays, nowadays uh, in these kinder and gentler days, um, they, uh, it was utterly coach. outstanding. And, I mean, just the thought that went into it, the malicious intent, uh, the, 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 hey, it's tough to play on the road attitude. Um, yep, and I counted them, and if I recall right, 37 ma- nails in a concrete block, two toilets with no seats or no lids in the middle, one roll of toilet paper in the middle. <laughs> I could not wait to go, and, and, and I was I was I was convinced that uh, here I'd have the opportunity to enjoy the fruits of a locker room uh, of uh, of that magnitude, and I'm I, I am disappointed that uh, well because you know the the thing with football there's all these memories there's stuff you remember you see you remember all your life you know and and, and that's one of them and then. Um, and then, of course, we can get into SMU's locker room, and that's an entirely other story. But, uh, and, and I'm sure we'll have time to talk about that at some point. But no, I, 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 was, I was slightly disappointed that uh, the greatest visitor's locker room of all time is no more. He is, like, because you can hear him, he's like kind of just sort of riffing. Just sort of rolling. I mean, him on the caravan tour is going to be a trip. <laughs> yeah, he, he's he's. Uh, what's the caravan tour? In that, like, where you go around and you go to all the different booster clubs in the state. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Oh man, that's going. Uh, man, those are going to sell out. <laughs> Second show added. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, so you okay? We got grades out. Um, oh, egg bowl. Here we go. You know, there's a there's a unique independence that exists with uh, uh, Mississippi State uh, that uh, uh, that doesn't exist other places. You know, there's uh, you know they're they're very direct, very down to earth, and um, and. Uh, independent in uh, the way they do you know there's not um you, you know everybody's not uh running around in linen suits even when they're oh! it's their casual time you know what i mean uh, he said running around in linen suits making fun of old miss right i mean that's what we're supposed to assume right 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 that would be my yeah. assumption yeah I, I mean he wasn't like my thing with that was like he was like 
wasn't exactly, you know, diving into the rivalry in the same way some of these other coaches have. And it goes back to one of the original points. You know, he didn't, he wasn't, he didn't care that much about the Apple Cup. He's gonna have to care about the Egg Bowl. Uh all right. Where do we want to go next? Colorado State. Mm. Steve Adazio gets an optimistic B. Pl- I'm sorry, B, not a B plus B. Uh, I don't, I don't really love the fact he seems like he's hiring a bunch of his buddies. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much Steve Adazio, uh, how, how much he's got left in the tank. We'll see. Uh, but I tell you what, man, that guy has got a he's got a beautiful coach voice. Like his coach presence is fantastic. Um, I, I think his ram his his comments about his excitement being a ram is sort of. Sp- kind of all you gotta all you gotta say about steve Adazio all right here we go state i told joe in the bus i started my head coaching career at cheshire high school i think something similar to president mcconnell's husband in cheshire connecticut i started as a cheshire ram and now i'm a colorado ram and i'm kind of excited to be a ram because rams are tough and i want our program to be a tough program but also a compassionate program. Also compassionate. Wait a minute, what? <laughs> yeah, let me. <laughs> I told Joe excited to be a Ram because Rams are tough, and I want our program to be a tough program, but also don't a forget, compassionate don't program. Compassionate. <laughs> like the mighty Ram itself. Also <laughs> compassionate. Uh, yeah, him the coming Ram in. Will- He's he's he he sees some real deep significance in being able to get back to living the spirit of the Cheshire Rams. That's the this is Cheshire this, Cheshire. This this whole like the 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 theme of this coaching hiring cycle is is loving on the players like like this sort of new modern like you know you know it's all about player development. We we're gonna love on you. You're gonna love us. It's gonna be love all around. Yada yada. And but obviously Steve Adazio, that's not him. But <laughs> but you know. So, you know, he's aging or someone said, yeah, make sure like you like tone down all like the meathead stuff and like give us like this is, this is a new age coach. And so he started kind of going off the rails on the Ram stuff and made sure he reeled it back in through compassion out there. <laughs> probably like, probably word someone t- t- like a bingo card. He had to make sure he threw compassion in he did, times. He, he, he's not. Can he define compassionate? <laughs> <laughs> and also a compassionate time. <laughs> and one hour every day dedicated to hugging your team. <laughs> uh Tom, what'd you give the hire? I hated this hire. I gave it a D. Uh I just think that if you're Colorado State, you're the kind of job where you need to aim for somebody who, you know, has a high ceiling. And yes, maybe it ends up in them getting hired by Florida or hired by a power five job. But I would rather have that. Then a guy who in nine seasons at Boston College went 57 and 55 and 44 and 44 in the ACC. And I hired him because Urban Meyer told me to. And now he's hiring all his friends. Oh, and by the way, he has never coached outside of the Eastern time zone. And now I've got him in the mountains, the Rocky Mountains. Okay, let's see how this goes. I have a feeling I know how it will. Yeah, there's there's some real fit concerns for the New England East Coast lifer, uh, Colorado State, but I wish him well. You know, I'm a, I imagine Steve Adazio will be there for a minute. 
I think that's very compassionate of you to wish him well. <laughs> um. All right. So D for uh for Tom and B for Barton. Let's uh. Where do you want to go next? App State with another offensive line coach hire. Uh, in house, Sean Clark. I gave it a B because it's just a it's another App State sort of uh, keep it in the family type. And uh, you know what? App State's done pretty good when they keep it in the family. And so, uh, very unpolished, very just just an offensive line coach just got a head coaching job. But I think at App State that might be be just fine. They got the culture there that. Uh, that, that can take care of you. So, um, yeah, uh, I gave it a B. What'd you have for it, Tom? I gave it a B plus. I think that, you know, it's your second coaching search in two years. You're probably going to want to seek some consistency like you had with Satterfield and you'd hope to get with Drinkwitz. So bring in Sean Clark, who's very familiar with the place and, you know, try to keep things chugging along. Well, I'm not, Eli Drinkwitz did a, a great job at this university and we owe a lot to Eli Drinkwitz. But to keep it in the app family means something. And for the next five years, I'm not going, especially next year, I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) 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 When you see that buyout, I'm not going anywhere for a while, folks. (laughs) Hell yeah, job security. I love the very like real O line laugh chuckle. It's just a like there there's this this is just this is just a this is just a guy just a good old guy just got a head coaching job. I love it. Um, <laughs> where it's uh, where are you going going next? Uh, Jeff Trailer, I gave a B. Uh, at UTSA, I mean, this this press conference is all over the place. Uh, he, he's, he's been a really good recruiter. He came from Arkansas as a tight end coach. He was at Texas before that. He's a really good recruiter, former high school coach in East Texas. He could probably recruit at a high level here at UTSA. Um, I probably would have given it a B plus before the presser. <laughs> I just couldn't, I couldn't like keep up with, with all everywhere he was going with this presser. Um, but, but man, the, the energy was there. Um, there were some, there were some good clips. Chip, feel free to pick my wife. one you like. <laughs> We're going to start with uh, fish grease. My wife, Carrie, 28 years. Better talk about her. Hotter than fish grease, right down the front row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is a, te- you know, we're in Texas. Yeah. We're, we're UTSA. You know, we're a lot of fish grease of, state. You got, yeah. you got to make sure everybody knows how Texas you are. The only reason I brought it up here. I responded to 650 texts yesterday. <laughs> Weird flex. I'm 808 okay. away from getting done. Those are all former players and coaches. Texas high school coaches, college coaches, friends. Just, and I'm going to get back to every one of you. I mean that. It might take middle May, but I'm going to get it done. I'm going to get it done. My phone's never had it. You ever call people and their voicemails full? Isn't that annoying? Mine's that way today. I apologize. I gotta delete a bunch of messages so I. Man, he's he he definitely uh, he's it's relatable, right? This this was the this was a new thing this year in press conferences. Is guys hold up their phone and be and say how many people text messaged them asking for a job. 
It's like, all right, buddy. <laughs> like you got I'm a lot of hire all of them. Jeff uh, Jeff Trailer was also very excited to uh, indulge in the local delicacies. I'm going to embrace the culture of San Antonio. I can't wait to get out there amongst it. I need to be showed where to go. I need to be told what to do, where to eat. But right from the very jump, right from the jump, when I got there last night, there was chips and hot sauce in my room. I'm not kidding you. I opened the bag up. I got the chips out. And I went straight country, no bowl. I'm talking about right out of the container and just ate. Well, I'm already off to a great start. Thank you so much for doing that for me. Oh, hey, man. Hey, Coach, this, 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 is a, this is a football press conference. Like, let's, keep it, let's keep it on the rails, buddy. So you – you you took it from B plus to B after watching the um, high speed Texas press conference. Yeah, I just uh, there there the uh, you know uh, uh, yeah I feel like you got to be a little bit more um, organized yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as, as a head coach. So I was, couldn't get there. What was your grade for the hire, Tom? I gave it a B minus. I mean, let's look at this. Let's look at the situation. UTSA hired Frank Wilson. He'd never been a coordinator or head coach at any level, thanks, because he was a recruiter and he had ties to local high schools. They then fire Wilson because that didn't work out, and they hire Trailer, who has no head coach or coordinator experience at the college level. He does have a lot of tie-ins at the local high school level, though. <laughs> so they did the same thing they did with Wilson. They're trying it again with Trailer. And, I mean, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, but it's just, I, I, I don't know. And then that press conference just kind of like, whew. C-. minus. You get credit for the course. That's about it. Uh, where are we going next? All right. So next, my my B minuses. Uh, Mel Tucker gets a B minus, and this is and again, this this I'm kind of grading this on a curve, giving everyone the benefit of the doubt. And and this is not even like that. I have any like real convicted doubt that Mel Tucker isn't a good coach. I think he probably is a pretty good coach. I mean, Lord knows he's convinced a lot of people he's a good coach, and and Nick Saban's hired a bunch of times, all that. We talked about all the, this, this hired bunch. But he's, Michigan State – did you guys see James Franklin's contract? Yeah. Yes. Michigan State, James Franklin just renegotiated his contract to – and he's basically making what Mel Tucker's making. Mel Tucker, who has a, is a 5-7 and seven career record, is making the same amount of money as James Franklin, who has a Big Ten championship uh, – two nine-win seasons at Vanderbilt and has Penn State sort of on the cusp of being a college football playoff caliber team. It just, you know, there has to be a level of, um, I just don't get it. I just don't get, like, the, the value there. Like, there, like this has to be baked in to this somewhere, too. And so I, I, I think Mel Tucker is probably a good coach, and I think that he's certainly going to elevate Michigan State from a recruiting standpoint. I'm just shocked you got to pay almost six million dollars to to get a career five and seven coach. What do you have for your hire? C plus B minus in, in that range. I, I think. I mean, it's it's kind of like the way quarterbacks are now in the NFL, where like you get you're the highest paid quarterback just because you happen to be the one who's currently a free agent. And I think that when you look at Tucker, the situation Michigan State was in with you know the timing of everything and having to get him away from a power five job, he had all the leverage. He used it. He got it. Bang. And that's why he's you know making that much money. But I just. I, I don't know why Mel Tucker was the guy that they felt the need to have that kind of, you know, to, to, to give all that to. I think that the, uh, 
I think I think I'll come in a little bit more optimistic of what it can be, but the hire itself, I mean, the whole the whole Michigan State sort of search process. If if the higher grade is going to include the search itself, I, I would lean more towards the C plus side just because of uh, the different twists and turns, the hard timing. I understand, but uh, but still, you know, when when you're having to when he was a, he said I am flattered by the interest, but I am committed to what we are building, and then he's coming back. Search put him in a tough spot, but he got paid for it. Um, what about the press conference, Barton? Um. It felt a little bit awkward. It felt like he was uncomfortable being there knowing that he had just sort of ghosted on Colorado. And I, I think he just it was like it was like a weird vibe there. Uh, but he he got fired up about football. Because we absolutely love it. So today I'm excited about Michigan State football. Because I love football here, right here. (laughs) Not there, not over there, here. Happy to have you, Coach. Yeah, Um, yeah. Not the not the best press conference, but um, you you're you are very right to to point out the uh, the extras the extra weight that he certainly was carrying having just left Colorado in, uh, in February. Um, all right, where you want to go next? Uh, another B minus Brady Hoke, San Diego state. I really don't know what to think about that. I mean, he had some success there before he's the head coach again, the press conference. I couldn't really find it. Uh, B minus. B minus feels like a Barton. That's like a, a real life C plus. Real life C Barton B minus. Yeah. I gave it a D. Yeah, which see, is what I, I figured I think Barton B minus really is. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you don't want to bet against or or you know speak ill. Brady Hoke's got a shot to be, get back to a place where he was successful before, but man, the Brady Hoke hire was like the it, just right in line with the way that San Diego, even though you know Rocky Long. Uh, obviously was the the head coach there, but in the same way that we sort of speak about San Diego state in 2020 as kind of like a, I don't know, a wet sandwich. Is that fair? Yes. <laughs> the yeah. 2020 yeah. season for San Diego state was kind of like a wet sandwich. So Brady hooks a little bit of a wet sandwich hire. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we got two left. <clears throat> Colorado, Carl Durrell. I gave it a C plus. I'm rooting for this one. I think Carl, Carl Durrell seems like a, a really good person, and I think he is probably a really good coach. I mean, I've, told, I've been told that he is a good you – know, he knows football. Um, but this just – no matter which way I look at this, it feels like in three years we're going to be looking up, and Colorado will have won about 12 games in three years, and we'll be looking for a new coach again. I, I, you know, I just – Nothing about this feels like it's going to be the right answer. We've been, I've, I've been, I've misjudged retread hires before, so I hope I'm wrong. But this is this is as as uninspiring as any hire on this list to me. You're yeah. going to get from me the very best of me, 
you're going to get a guy that's here for the long haul. I built a home to prove it prior to getting this job. <laughs> you're going to get an exciting brand of football. It's funny because I did know I couldn't do that. <laughs> uh, all right. What'd you get for the, what's your grade for this one? I give it a C. I, yeah, uh, it's just, it's not a hire that's easy to get fired up for it. It's, you know, it's funny when you hear a coach talking about how excited he is while talking like this. I'm very excited right. to be here. Right. Really looking forward to leading the Buffaloes and go Buffs. So I, I give it a C. a dynamic speaker. C? C for C for Tom. C for Tom. I'm sorry. I'm very, very grateful, thankful of, of me having what I currently have to build my staff. My salary pool is tremendous to me. And they've awarded me with, with that. And I'm very, very flattered to be able to work with, with, that, with those numbers. Um, and... I know that there's, I mean, there's academic emissions. There's a lot of things that go on in, in a program. And I've dealt, we've dealt with those things in the past. But I'm, I'm the type of coach that's willing to do what the policy is, basically. And if there's certain things that need to be tweaked or anything like that, then we would do that. But I feel like we're in really good shape. I feel that Rick and... So what was he talking about there? Was he talking about well, think, getting kids into school? Yeah, I think he was basically being like, listen, you guys just let me know who I'm allowed to take. And <laughs> yeah, that's I guess that's just the hand I'm dealt. Yeah, I mean, if I'm a Colorado fan, I'm like, yo, hey, coach, like, feel free to push people a little bit. You know, <laughs> feel, feel free to knock on the compliance office door and, and, and say, let's get this guy in. Like, we can take a couple that they tell you you can't like that that was just a very like uh but you know that that ain't that's another one that that's another line that ain't gonna fly in, in the southeastern conference what do you have for uh for this one tom uh c c yeah all right and uh c plus for barton and that brings us to dream mr G- dream job himself Todd Graham. Yeah. Yeah. We, I gave him a C Todd Graham to Hawaii. I mean, how good, how, how good of a fit could it be if he didn't say it was a dream job? This, this felt like the most fish out of water press conference I've ever seen. Like th- it felt like he, this, this should have been a press conference at like East Texas, East Texas state. He was like, but he, but he was in a lay and he was in like a, short sleeve polo and it's just like nothing about like he is the complete opposite personality type to Nick Rolovich like I don't understand like talk about fit like I'm not saying Todd Graham's a C hire for everyone I just think for Hawaii that's a horrible fit personality wise you can like East Texas hard ass coach to go out to the island and start screaming at people and I just the, 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 uh, this is. I think this is going to be a disaster. Uh, it's, what a career! I mean, seriously, like, man, like, <laughs> starts off like an East Texas high school coach, goes to West Virginia, 
then goes to Tulsa, then goes to Rice as a head coach for a year, then he's back at Tulsa, now he's going to Pitt for a year, then to Arizona State. And then what's he been doing like the last three years before getting hired at Hawaii? Sounds like he's been just itching to coach ball. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And I feel like the, that was the situation where it was like his agent was like, hey, my guy will do it. <laughs> right. He even said in the presser, he made some comment like, you know, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, I was – I turned a couple opportunities down and, you know, in retrospect, I kind of realized, I can't remember what he said, but something like in retrospect, probably shouldn't have turned those down. <laughs> <laughs> but here, so, yeah, I think you realize this was his last shot here. Todd Graham, not, he'll get comfortable in a lay. He's made the wristbands and, uh, and everything else trendy again. So Britney Spears, Mike, Britney, Britney Spears, Spears Mike. Mike oh, can't wait. We'll be we'll be ringing in uh, Sundays with him, with with Todd Graham. Hey, how about that? An old Pac we Pac twelve after dark has been a thing for long enough for a Pac twelve after dark veteran to wind up in the Hawaii late night game. No doubt. Just gotta get New Heisel that 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 Hawaii job next. We need, we should have gotten New Heisel the Colorado job. Tell wow. you, man. Could it could could have been? Call us, Rick. Back to the glory days. Uh, uh, so this is pretty embarrassing Barton we forgot Eli Drinkwitz <laughs> he was thrown in there with all those bees and I guess we just overlooked him so yeah. Missouri fans thanks for uh, th- thanks for having either fast forwarding to this point in which case uh, our, our <laughs> he was right there after Ricky, maybe right before Ricky Ronnie, were we just speeding right to Ryan Silverfield and uh, Ricky Ronnie? Uh, he was he was in the um, he was in the B range. He's in the B grouping. Okay, uh, what was our? I would say that the the B grouping for Eli Drinkwitz was Missouri investing in a a hot stock, right? Right. I mean, there's just there's how much how much can you how much certainty can you really have on a one year assist uh, head coach who's i think he's only like 30 uh, he's young everybody, 36 maybe everybody likes him everybody everybody says everybody says he's smart says he, says he, he smart comes guy. across as smart and as confident and as uh, with a lot of belief in his system and you know for good reason no doubt he's he's gotten some results there uh there was at the time remember he was talking about winning the sun belt i mean the sec east right right. uh but but there was even even better clips from that press conference I, i would be remiss not to thank them in that place but this opportunity was an opportunity of a lifetime and it wasn't just another job it was an opportunity of a lifetime. And I preach all the time that if an opportunity presents itself, you have to be bold enough to take it. And at that point, I felt like, all right, this is the right one for me with the right people, with the right support. And I firmly believe that we can do great things together. Really? Sorry. Like, is, this, is this really? I, I'm all for enthusiasm and... But is this the opportunity of a of a lifetime? 
I think even Missouri fans would say this isn't the opportunity of a lifetime. You got a lot of life to live, Coach. You're young. I think that uh, I'm I'm nervous to look back at the Appalachian State introductory press conference and see if that was also a line in there too. Right. <laughs> the, that he I, called I, App State the opportunity of a lifetime. I kind of yeah. I feel like. I feel like that might be worth a mine, worth a dig. <laughs> but like the the and and Eli Drinkwitz is, uh, I I I do think he's a really good coach. And so I say this uh, lovingly, but this is the best coach speak press conference I've ever heard. This is a this is a Hall of Fame coach speak press conference. I don't think he. It was just it was just like taking like connecting words and connecting cliches and and coach aphorisms like together one after another it was every answer to every question he had the the right cliche for it like it was a phenomenal effort at 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 just coach speak perfection do was do you think that he's just sort of actually the he's mastered the job interview He's mastered the introductory press conference. He is going through the coaching ranks like a whiz kid on uh, on a video game, just conquering boss after boss, level he's, after level at a record pace. That's uh, exactly. He strikes me as the type of guy that when he was 16 years old or whatever, 12, he decided I want to be a head football coach. And instead of just drawing up plays on his, you know, on his scratch sheet in study hall he's actually like you know practicing his his intro presser at 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 14 years old and like every step since then has just been him shaping himself into this coach and so i just think there's uh i think there's been a lot of work that's put into this Hey, and, uh, and you know what? He is. I bet he goes to the SEC. Yeah, I was gonna say. I bet he's also visualized himself winning an SEC East championship. So, if he can hey. do it, if he can keep thinking these things into existence, hey, more power to you. Oh. Um. All right. Well, yeah. Apologies that uh, Eli Drinkwitz was not at the very end, or the worst of the Barton's grades. He was in the <laughs> B range, and we just. We, it got going fast there for a little bit. So shout out to the Missouri fans for sticking around. All right. Now we're going to go to uh, the first round of uh, goodbyes that we said. Barton, fantastic work. I appreciate you uh, digging through all these pressers. It was, I'm not uh, sure. I'm, we'll see if anyone cares about this but me. But uh, <laughs> hey, there it is. There's your presser recap. I, I will say that the the process of, of cutting up the clips brought out a, a lot of happiness and joy for me. So I hope that the listeners share in that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Barton Simmons. You can follow him at Tom Fernella. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. We will be back next Monday. Uh, we'll be there with the mailbag talking about headlines from the weekend and our fourth installment of the book club. Barton, you're up. I'll be ready. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, picture this. 
It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.